0: Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 9, verses 28 to 36. Luke chapter 9, verses 28 to 36. We're speaking today about the transfiguration of Jesus. And usually on Sunday prior to... uh, the new year, or the beginning of the new year, we we talk about New Year's resolutions. I know we just got over Christmas. Now we're resolved to get through the new year and get started. Right, get back to work and change everything and get get on with get on with the get on with life. Okay, get over the holidays. And anybody ever have, everybody have a good Christmas? Good Christmas Eve? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we did. We had our family home and um, David and Jenny. And Rachel and Rich and the kids and it was uh, a great time was had by all (laughs) yes we're glad they're gone but uh, (laughs) just kidding (laughs) you know yeah it was a busy time you know lots of things going on and uh, we well we just had we had a great time all right so today we're looking at uh, the transfiguration of Jesus and uh, I I um, have this, I've never, I don't think I've ever spoken on this, this section, this passage of Scripture. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So in Luke chapter 9, beginning in verse 28, and we're reading in the Message Bible. About eight days after, this, after saying this, he climbed the mountain to pray, taking Peter, John, and James along. While he was in prayer, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became blinding white At once two men were there talking with him. They turned out to be Moses and Elijah. And what a glorious appearance they made. They talked over his exodus, meaning Jesus, the one Jesus was about to complete in Jerusalem. Meanwhile, Peter and those with him were slumped over in sleep. When they came to, rubbing their eyes, they saw Jesus in his glory and the two men standing with him. When Moses and Elijah had left, Peter said to Jesus, Master, this is a great moment. Let's build three memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He blurted this out without thinking. (laughs) While he was babbling on like this, a light, radiant cloud enveloped them. As they found themselves buried in the cloud, they became deeply aware of God. Then there was a voice out of the cloud. This is my son, the chosen. Listen to him. When the sound of the voice died away, they saw Jesus there alone. They were speechless. And they continued speechless, said not one thing to anyone during those days of what they had seen. So as we approach the new year... (laughs) We often think of it in the context of, well, what's going to happen? What, you know, is this going to be a better year, you know, than last year? And sometimes we say, I hope it is a better year than last year because. And so we set out to make resolutions. Anybody making New Year's, New Year's resolutions? Anyone? Uh, I don't make them either. I just, you know, but anyhow, <laughs> there, there are, are important things to I remember uh, a sermon I had years ago about being resolved and making resolutions. And if, uh, if, you know, if we are inclined to make resolutions, we need to make them within the context of how they can be accomplished. You know, well, I'm just going to have a better year, okay? How are you going to have a better year? What are you going to do to make it a better year? You know, like uh, if, if I were going to make the resolution that uh, I was going to exercise, <laughs> and I probably will have to sooner or later, but uh, if I were going to make the resolution that I was going to lose weight and become better healthy, healthy better, better, health, better and better health, um, I would go upon two things. One would be the ultimate exercise is 180 minutes a week. That was proven by the Dean Ornish Heart Disease Reversal Program, that if you exercise, elevate your heart rate, 180 minutes a week, that is your optimum exercise. To do more is okay, uh, but they did the research and people who were marathon runners did not have less heart disease, uh, excuse me, did not have any, there was no significant heart disease change from those who were marathon runners and those who exercised 180 minutes a week. Okay? So there you have it. If you can, whether it's 30 minutes a day or whatever it is, you get your heart rate elevated for 180 minutes a week and you are finding your optimum exercise. So you have to find a way to do it. So you set out the goal, 180 minutes. Then the secondary goal, is that by walking? Is it by going to the gym? Is it by whatever, stationary bike, elliptical bike, treadmill, whatever? So you set out and you set goals but you always set them in ways that, well, I'm going to lose weight. Okay. <laughs> when are you going to start? The second Tuesday of next week. <laughs> so, and while well, what happens is we know that it's not going to happen. So we make up resolutions, we resolve to do things. And it's important that we resolve when we make resolutions because if we don't resolve to do something, things don't change. And they're going to change, so it's better for us to make a resolution and to recognize that in the process of change, I'm going to do something about the direction in which it, which it goes. And if we are looking at change and how that it transforms us, we are going to do it in a positive way. So if we are making resolutions, if we are going to do things to bring about change in our life, then it's important that we see how that uh, these things are going to be accomplished. They're not just going to happen. Okay? Positive change is approached from a perspective of looking at it, deciding how we're going to do it, and then proceeding. And when we don't make it, we continue to do so. We continue to fall. Why? Because it is an important decision that we have made or we wouldn't have made it in the first place. So... We make decisions, we choose to go in a particular direction, and we see how that these directions and how that these directions are going to lead us to a certain location, to a certain spot. This chapter is a very important chapter. If you read over this chapter, in verses 1 through 11 of Luke 9, Jesus sends out his disciples, and they have authority over uh, the power to deal with demons and cure diseases. And then in twelve to seventeen, Jesus feeds the it doesn't say the five thousand, but he see, he feeds the thousands with a few loaves and you know, five loaves and two fishes. <coughs> in Luke 9, 18 to 27, Jesus asked them, Who do people say that I am? Well you are the Messiah. And you know that you're the that you're the one coming. And then we have the events leading up to our text. After about eight days, after they have declared Jesus to be the Messiah. So here they are in this setting of going out in great authority and great power, the the miracle of feeding the the 5,000, and the declaration that Jesus is the Messiah. And then we find Jesus, Peter, James, and John, going up on a mountain. And it's a very, you know, what is Jesus going to do next? Well, we find that the disciples, for whatever reason, tired and weary, fall asleep. And while they are up on this mountain and they have fallen asleep, we have them, Jesus, what is called the transfiguration. The transfiguration is when Jesus and his glory and as we'll see as we go through this, it is the glory that surrounds Jesus is as lightning, is as bright as lightning, okay? But it doesn't just flash, it illuminates. So the glory that is around Jesus is this illumination like lightning. And we find that as Jesus is there, the disciples... They fall asleep. What does Jesus do? He prays. He prays and in the midst of his prayer, he changes. You see, so if there is one thing that we are going to resolve to do in the new year, is that we are going to pray. Okay. Prayer is, now, to each one it is, I think, somewhat a little different. Because sometimes prayer is kneeling down and having, a, a, you know, those quiet times. Sometimes there is prayer by walking, going in the woods, walking around the house, walking around the neighborhood. Some people want to be in motion whenever they pray. Uh, Tabby, if you were praying, you should have kept your eyes open when you were driving, okay? <laughs> okay? It's, it's a... It's a, it's a clue, you know. Don't close your eyes while driving and praying, okay? It just doesn't work well. But we find that we each have our desires and our need to pray, and prayer then, from even the songs we were just singing, prayer has a way of transforming. Now, if I have, I have two participants. Where are they? <laughs> Come on down. Come on up here. And uh, I'll put the directions up. Let me see. Let me see what we got here. What we have here before us are two cars, okay? Just ordinary, you know, cars, okay? But through the power of instructions (laughs) and through the power of intelligence (laughs) and skill, we're going to transform these cars. So guys, go to it. <laughs> yeah, start the music. Da 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 da, dun Snap. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. That's why I had them in the back. You know, they were working on this. I thought whenever I came up with the idea here, I would just surprise it on them. And then I started looking at it, says, you know, this might be a little more complicated than what I think. <laughs> You know, so um, I gave them the instructions and sent them in the back, and they were back there doing that, and I didn't think they were going to come out for church, so I went back in and got them. Um, But whenever we think of transforming, okay, transformation, we think of it in the context of becoming something different, but still the same. (laughs) Okay? When God transforms us, we don't become somebody different, We are the same person, but we do change. And whenever we're thinking about transformation for the new year, how that God is going to change us and change the new year, we've got to see that it is going to appear like another day. It is going to appear like it is the same situations, same people, same, same problems, just different people. Uh, it's going to appear that it's nothing has been different. So in our lives, whenever we approach our days, Jesus is here on the mountain, and what does he do? He begins to pray, and when he is praying, there is a transformation that takes place that changes his countenance, but it's the same Jesus. And his countenance takes on the countenance as of lightning. And who shows up but Moses and Elijah? They're standing there talking to Jesus. Well, what does that mean? It means that the people that we know who have died are still alive. In God's glory and in God's presence, the people we think we know that have died in this life are still alive. And so there was Moses and Elijah standing there with Jesus, and they were conversing about Jesus and his exodus, his death that was about to take place. So as we see the transformation busily happening here, (laughs) you close? Maybe? Okay. (laughs) We see the transformation, and they're called transformers, and this is a uh, what is it called? A, an auto butt. There it is, an auto butt, and uh, how that they are being transformed. Are we close? I'm waiting. This is, there's no pressure. There's no pressure. How about in our life? Okay. Are you go there? You know, go to your go to your, go to your work. A bus. Time's up. (laughs) Okay, that's good. We're pretty close. Huh? You did? Okay. What do you got there, Zach? Is yours done? Somewhere. It's good. It's close. Okay. But it doesn't look like a car, does it? You know? It doesn't look like a car. It looks like an Autobot. He's got his head in the back there. He's got his fenders out and he's, He's ready to roll and walk and rock and roll and things like that. Okay, thank you very much. These are yours whenever you come back, whenever, whenever we're done. But in order for them to change... <laughs> okay. <laughs> the transformation, there was instructions. You know, it's just, it's not an easy process. I, I'm certainly glad that I let them practice before they came up here and tried to do it because uh, I, I don't, I... I sh- have even tried it myself, then I would have known how hard it is. But how many of us have a difficulty saying we're going to change? (laughs) See, without instructions and without preparation, we don't change very much. Change is is going to happen and it's going to take place, but often it's going to be change that we really don't want and uh, we really don't like. And so in our text, Before this transfiguration, Jesus prayed. What was he doing? He was getting instructions. He was speaking with the Father. And the disciples, they're kind of tired from the journey or whatever's been going on in the last few days, and they fall asleep. So one of our things as we enter into our own transformation, you know, becoming something, someone, same substance, but yet different. These are not divine. (laughs) But it's just to illustrate that we do have change that goes on in our life and we are designed to change that our life is never the same. And we need to have prayer as we begin to go through the changes in our life, as we go through every daily event. And we find that the events also give to us an understanding about life and one that we, just kind of shows up. The disciples didn't know what was going to happen when they went up on this mountain. You know, they never know what's going to happen with Jesus. You know, well, feed these people. (laughs) Feed them. (laughs) You know, we did our best. We got, Jesus, you know, you need to send these people away. They're hungry. And Jesus says, you feed them. (laughs) How are we going to feed all these people? So they make their best effort, scrounge up five loaves, two fishes, and they bring it to Jesus. Jesus said, breaks it, prays. this. I think this is one of, the, one of the, the miracles that is related to most often by all of the disciples because each one of them took part in the miracle because Jesus broke bread into 12 baskets and each of them knew saw five loaves, two fishes, and they saw Jesus f- filling up each basket with five loaves, two fishes, and they kept multiplying. And then they went out and distributed to 5,000 people, plus women and children. And they saw the basket never going empty. And whenever they went back to, after finally emptied, and everybody was fed, they went back and picked up the scraps, and they had a basket full themselves. I mean, this was a miracle that just was beyond anything that they could comprehend. And so they're just a few days out from this miracle. They're just uh, uh, eight days away from the understanding that Jesus is the Messiah, but they don't see how all of this fits together. So they go up to pray. Resolutions. Well, what happened with Peter and James and John? When they awaken, they <laughs> see three people, this lightning like experience of brilliance around Jesus and Moses and Elijah, and immediately they come up with a resolution. Let's build a building and keep it just like it is. (laughs) Let's house it just like it is. Let's build a building. Everybody can come here and see the glory that we just have. And it'll be just perfect because we got not only do we have Jesus, we have Moses and Elijah and, and it's all going to be great. How many have had great experiences with God in their past? How I many have had overwhelming impressions of God's Spirit and God's power in their life? And we just like to build a building to it and live there. But we can't. And in verses 34 and 35, I, I like this one. It says, while he was babbling on like this, <laughs> Peter, you know, he wants to go into a building project, and he's babbling on about how that You know, we gotta keep this going. And while he was babbling on this like this, a radiant, a light, radiant cloud enveloped them. Hmm. They became deeply aware of God's presence. Here we are going into a new year. We want to be in prayer about the deeds, the needs, the days. And we want to be deeply aware of God's presence. Okay, Prayer makes us, helps us to bring us into the presence of God and we want to be deeply aware of God's presence. Safe in the arms of my father. <laughs> that I want to be in this place of security, in this, this place of awareness of God's presence, okay? So the resolution for 2.14 is to become deeply aware of God's presence, that no matter where I am at, no matter what I am doing, I am deeply aware of God's presence. What else does he say? And as they found themselves buried in the cloud, they became aware of God. And then there was a voice out of the cloud, this is my son, the chosen. Listen to him. Okay? Listen to him. So we find that in the cloud of God's presence, we hear the word. Jesus is the word of God, and his word is what speaks to our hearts and lives. (laughs) In Romans chapter 15, verses 17 to 21, I didn't give that to you, so you don't have it there, so (laughs) it's all right. It says, looking backward over what has been accomplished and what I have observed, this is Paul writing to the church at Rome, I must say... I am most pleased in the context of Jesus. I'd even say proud, but only in that context. I have no interest in giving you a chatty account of my adventures, only the wondrously powerful and transformingly present words and deeds of Christ. Transformingly present words. Transformingly present of words the word of jesus transforms our lives it takes us from what we think we are to who we are <laughs> we think that you know i would think that when i was growing up we i would think that i am a farmer and a, a, you know the mother of the, the child of and the father of and all those things and i am aware of that but yet i am something else <laughs> i am a pastor But yet I am something else. I am a presenter of God's presence. I am a presenter of God's presence. But so are you. I am a declarer of God's word. So are you. That I am in a place where the transforming power of God's word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word is God. Before the beginning began. God was. God is. (laughs) And that same word that spoke the world into existence. When we pray and enter into God's presence. What happens? It transforms our lives. We are changed. (laughs) These little things have instructions. (laughs) Our life. These little things, these bodies, these spirits, this spiritual being needs instruction. (laughs) And it is the instruction of God's word that helps us to transform from who we think we are to who God knows we can be. You know what? These guys, I bet they can't keep these things as cars. They've got to keep, tearing them apart and put them together. Tear them apart and put them together. If you never knew that they could change, you would keep them the same. God knows what we can become. We like it all fit together like a little car. God wants us to become something different. He transforms us. How? By prayer, by his word, entering full, that we become completely aware of God. That we're there with him. Romans 12:2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. <laughs> be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed <laughs> by the renewing of your mind, that we want, God wants to <laughs> change our thoughts our thought patterns about what we see. We, we, you know, we, we look at things, and you know, like the, the disciples, we're a lot like Peter and James and John. We see things, and let's build a house. Let's build a tabernacle. Let's keep this as it is. <laughs> and God says, stop your babbling. This place is just a place of tenting, tabernacling. These experiences are part of who you are, but it's not who you are. It's just part of it, part of the transformation. You think back of the times in which God moved greatly in your life and how that God transformed you. We would like for those things and those places to once again visit us. Can you imagine how often Peter and James and John remembered this account? Can you think how often they would have remembered, do you remember that day up on the mountain? in which the, Jesus was like lightning, the brilliance about him. And then this cloud hovered over us and we were there in the presence of God and we stopped our babbling about building something and stopped our song about the way we were. <laughs> because we were something else but we've been changed. We've been changed. There are instructions. (laughs) There is instructions about the transformation. And you know what? If we didn't know it, we wouldn't know that there was something different in the package. And it's God. Who has, knows what this package is capable of? So, we look at this. We take the ordinary and by the divine, intermingled with the ordinary, it is transformed. We pray, changing circumstances by taking what you have, holding it in your hands, like Jesus in the feeding of the 5,000, blessing it and making it different. So we look at all of this and we pray in the cloud of God's presence to be deeply aware that God is with us. That's why we're here, in God's presence. And we pray, and we are deeply aware God is with us. And we take our ordinary thoughts of our ordinary lives, of our ordinary things, and we stop our babbling of what we think they should be and what we think we should do. And in God's presence, God transforms us. And while he was babbling, a light, radiant cloud enveloped them. This lightning-like cloud of Jesus, of his presence. And there was this cloud of God's presence, like that was over Mount Sinai when, when Moses went up and received the Ten Commandments. The cloud that came upon the tabernacle, whenever the presence of God descended upon it, that cloud was there. And as they found themselves buried in the cloud, they became deeply aware of God. If there is anything in our life, we need to be deeply aware of God. Not of all the things but of deeply aware of God. Then there was a voice out of the cloud This is my son, the chosen. Listen to him. Listen to his word. His word will transform our lives. When the sound of his voice died away, they saw Jesus there alone. They were speechless. Peter, speechless? (laughs) They were speechless. And they continued speechless. Said not one thing to anyone during those days of what they had seen. It was so overwhelming and so beyond anything that they could describe, they couldn't even talk about it. And this was all in preparation for the cross. See, God is deeply aware of our tomorrows. Of our todays. And we want to pray. We want to enter into and to be aware of his presence. And in his presence, he speaks to us. And we see God... Transforming us into his image, into his likeness, by the renewing of our mind and of our spirit. That's our New Year's resolution to pray and to be deeply aware of God with us. Amen? Let's stand. Father, we are thankful for your presence. For in your presence, Lord, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Lord, in your presence we are aware that there is life beyond life. There is life beyond this which we see, in the problems and the cares of this world. God, all of these things, they are important, but nothing is as important as your presence, as your word. As your love enfolding our lives, knowing that we are safe, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing is too big, too great, too small. Everything, Lord, is within your hands. So, Lord, we place ourselves in your presence, knowing, Lord, that you will work all things together for good. Knowing, Lord, that you will work in our lives, Help us, oh God, to stop our babbling. <laughs> and Lord, to be speechless and expectant and receptive to the one who transforms us. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. God bless you. And if I can have my two help-